Good evening, everyone. It's another beautiful evening wherein we all meet for the study of the Word of God. Today is Tuesday, and our first Bible study for this week. Today is the 9th of May 2023. And I welcome everyone tonight as you join in to the study of God's word tonight. This evening, We'll be looking at the word of God and sit around the table of the Lord and listen for what he will say to us that we might gain wisdom, we might gain knowledge and be strengthened of him for every true believer that is redeemed by the blood of Jesus always will hunger and thirst for the presence of God through the preaching of his word. And that's why Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So there's a blessing for being a hunger and getting thirsty for both the word and the spirit. As a matter of fact, one of the ways you know that a person is actually healthy and active is his, you know, desire to be fed with the word, particularly a believer. That's the reason sometimes when people are not feeling very well, one of the symptoms is loss of appetite. And the Lord does not want us to lose appetite for his word and his presence. Therefore, it is godly and spiritual when we all come together to listen to the word of God with the heart and intent of doing and obeying. Tonight, we're going to be looking at the word of God before the presence of God. I love the way our Yoruba people used to introduce um, ministers uh, or their pastors or the way they are described. Um, Shepherds or pastors or presbyters are described as the people that 
feed us with the word of God. I want to feed That means people who feed the flock of God with the word of God. But tonight, the Lord himself will feed us because he has called for us to come before his presence. As we go on tonight, I believe that we have our Bibles with our sides, our sides, and we are in a place where it's quiet, where our hearts are receptive to the truth of God's word for the believer. Let us pray to my Father. We surround your table tonight that will be fed by your Holy Spirit. We pray, O oh God, this evening that your word will profit us and we shall learn to our edification, to our maturing, that we may do that which you have assigned for us to do. You said, Lord, in your word, that as little children, we should desire the sincere milk of the word. Lord, tonight is our desire of the sincere milk of the word that has brought us together. Thank you for strength. Thank you, Lord, for understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I want to start tonight as I raise one or two points from Ephesians chapter one, and then we'll dive in into our, our text. Um, Ephesians is an interesting scripture. And as I was reading through this afternoon and evening, I became so blessed of God as I read through the book. Um, I didn't read beyond chapter two, but I got stopped in that I was blessed. And I'm going to share that thought with you before we go in tonight. The book of Ephesians is the revelation of God about our state, our position in Christ. That's why we're going to find a lot of in Christ, through Christ, by Christ, from Christ, through him, for him, by him, of him, in whom you find those prepositions so scattered around Ephesians. Paul joyfully is revealing to us our positioning now. And that's why you must not wait for someone to define who you are. You must find your definition in Christ. You must not allow the society to define you. In fact, you must not allow yourself to define you. Be defined and accept the definition and the position that God said he had placed you now. 
Ephesians chapter one, <clears throat> two words that I want to share with us tonight before we go in. Ephesians chapter one, verse five. There's a word adoption. Ephesians one, verse five. Hallelujah. The reality of the thoughts of God for us now in Christ is that we have been adopted. Wow. Verse 5 says, Heaven predestinated us unto the adoption. Hallelujah. The adoption of children. You see the word by Jesus Christ. So what God did by Jesus is that through him, we have been adopted into the family of God. The the, 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 the superintendent, the sovereign king over the kingdom to which we now belong is God the Father himself. So when you begin to see yourself, you see yourself as subjects of God. Now to get clearer. Now it doesn't matter what anyone says your true reality now in Christ is that you are no longer a subject of Satan but you are now subject of God you are no more in the family of Satan you are now in the family of God it doesn't matter what anybody says or how you feel as long as you are in Christ Jesus your position has changed On the land tonight. So there's the adoption. There's the there's the there's the relocation. Romans chapter eight and verse fifteen. Romans chapter eight and verse fifteen. Hallelujah tonight. The Bible says, "For ye have not received the spirit of bondage." the spirit of bondage again to fear. But he have received the spirit. Now, mark the word. He have received, I have received. Now, if we say you are going to, you have received right now the spirit of liberty. Not the spirit of bondage, but the spirit of adoption. So the spirit of God through the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice on the cross brought us in the adoption of sons of God. So tonight you can begin to see yourself again. Now, not in as a, a thing of pride, but either you know it or not, as long as you are in Christ, you are adopted into the family of God. So as amen tonight. You see, when people grow up in a house, they learn the ethos of the house. But sometimes, children or people who are slaves are careful and on, in how they comport themselves. But the children of who are of the house who are adopted, you know, they freely work and reign and take all their place 
in the house of their father. So Paul began to write to the church that we have been predestinated in Christ Jesus to the adoptions of sons and daughters. So as we go forth, the spirit of God goes out with you everywhere you go. Why? Because you are now a son of God. You've been adopted by God through Jesus Christ. I say amen tonight. That's why I said, beloved, 1 John 3 verse 1, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Now, that love was expressed through through Christ Jesus by the power of the Spirit. Remember, the Father, the Son, the Spirit are involved, and nothing else can superintend over God. All things are made subject to Him. So you are no more slave to the environment. You are no more slave to circumstances. You are no more slave to fear. You are no more slave to oppression. But you've been called to the liberty of the sons of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, as he is, so are we now here in this world. Because we are adopted by the Father through the sons. So amen tonight. Is this better someone tonight? There are two spirits, the spirit of fear. That means you have no reason to identify with fear whatsoever. Because the spirit you have is the spirit of adoption whereby we can cry, my father. (laughs) Amen tonight. And this is what Paul is saying to the church. And guess what? Believe this as the truth. Don't wait for two years to believe this. When you believe it, it brings confidence and authority with you. In fact, everywhere you go, you you know you have the confidence of God behind you. The second point tonight I want to raise, Ephesians 2. I read through it this evening. We'll get it sometime. But Paul writing to the church to reveal to them the state wherein they are now. He said to them in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 18. He said, for through him, that is Christ Jesus. That's, 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 that's 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 the joy we have. That's our spiritual reality. That's our spiritual truth. That's our newfound experience in God. He said, through him, we both have access by the same spirit unto the Father. We have, both Jews and Gentiles, we have access. Wow. We have access through Christ. So what, what, where we are now is a place of access to God. That means access to God is no longer denied. You don't need a third party to bring you before the Father. 
Jesus has broken down the middle wall of partition that requires third parties to bring us to God, that requires someone to, to, to grant us access to God. No, now through Christ and by the Spirit, we have access by the same one Spirit to the Father. The word to have is a Greek word, echo. It means to take hold of. That is right now you are you have taken hold of. Now the issue is, do you know that? Someone say amen tonight. You have taken hold of. You are in possession. You have been put in possession of your, of your right as a child of God to have dominion and authority in the spirit by the love of God through the spirit. And so, if this is true, that we are children of God by adoption, then all the old reality is done away with. That old reality that we are Gentiles, we are unbelievers, that old reality that we have been alienated, that we are dead in sin, we are cut off from grace, we are children of wrath, that's our old reality. We are rejected, forsaken, and abandoned. We're in darkness, and we are, and we are, we are, we are, we are forsaken. We are slaves. We are abandoned. We have no hope in this world. We, we, we are, we are, we are, we are faithless. We are, we are, we are loveless, and we are hopeless. These all are our old realities. And unfortunately, many believers still live as though this reality is still real now. No, no, they're old. Old life passes away when we become new. Therefore, we must not allow again the old man to raise his head in fear, in environment, making you think about yourself outside what God thinks about you and where he has placed you. And for now, our new reality is that we've been absorbed in the family of God. We have peace with God. We are accepted in the beloved. He has made us king and priest. We are his people. We are fellow heirs of the kingdom. We are people of God. We are chosen generation. We are called out of darkness. We have the peace of God. We are now justified. We are now accepted. We are love of God. We are God's favorite. We are, we, are, we, are, we are full of faith and power. We have sound mind. We are overcomers. We are vindicated. We are absolved from all guilt and shame and sorrow. We are given boldness and confidence over the thoughts and deeds of this life and Satan. And we have the victory of Christ in all areas of our life. These all are now our reality. The choice is yours to believe it. And to he that believeth, there shall be a performance. We have a new reality in God as God's children. We've been adopted to the family of God. 
God is telling you so you know. Now, when God tells you a thing, it means it's already, already been done. It is for you to catch up with it and come into that reality and walk in that understanding of the victory of God and quit living like you're living in the old life because the old life is gone, the old man is gone. Now you have put on the new man in Christ Jesus and must now walk in the authority of our new creation. Galatians chapter number three, read down from verse 25 downwards. It says, as many of you as has been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. So tonight, I've been baptized into Christ, therefore I have put on Christ. This is now your reality. And this is what Apostle Paul is trying to elucidate by the Spirit of God to the church in Ephesus. Turn with me not in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. Hallelujah tonight. The first point of victory over life is the realization of who is on your side. Hallelujah. I repeat, the first point or the first step to victory in life as a believer, conquering every onslaught of Satan is first to know who is on your side and where you stand. If you believe you are disadvantaged, you are, you, are, you, are, you are under oppression. If you believe that demons are actually controlling you, if you believe that, that you are not fully, really, really, really free, and you carry on with that thought, it will begin to affect the way you carry on in life. But the reality we have now in Christ is that we have victory in him. Why do we have a victory in him? Because we are adopted into the family of God. Therefore, no one can touch us without God knowing. And he says, if God be for us, then who can be against us? Paul says, if God be for us, thank God he is for us. Therefore, quit fretting. Quit being afraid of who is against you, but rejoice in the fact that God is with you. Ephesians chapter 1. We began to read in the last class the prayers of the Apostle Paul and all that he prayed about. And we discovered the first thing he prayed about in Ephesians chapter 1. It's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Remember I said to us that praying the Pauline prayers that we have enumerated is a very good way to grow in God. I repeat, praying constantly the Pauline prayers as enumerated in our previous teachings is a good way to grow in God. For in this season, we really, really, really need to mature and grow very fast. 
and the way to grow, we see Paul praying for the churches, is to pray the same prayer that Paul prayed because these prayers were inspired by the Holy Spirit for all the churches. And Paul prayed in Ephesians, particularly for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. That means one of the ways by which you grow spiritually is by praying that you are granted the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him as, as you study the word of God. So as you pray the prayer, it leads you to also what? Study the word. The more you pray this prayer, the more God's word comes alive to you. So it's imperative for us to learn to pray the Pauline prayers. And I said, how do you pray it? You pray it by reading it, by speaking those prayers, by, 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 by reciting them, by, by putting them to memory and, 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 and speaking them to God. He prayed that the eyes of our understanding become what? Enlightened. That means we can pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That means if there are areas of the world that is not clear to you, what do you do? You pray over those areas that the eyes of your understanding become what? Enlightened in those areas. Paul said that they may know the hope of the call. It means you see, there's a hope of the call that strengthens you in the call. When you know the hope of our redemption, your call becomes energized. Your, your resolve becomes strengthened. Nothing, therefore, can separate you from the love of Christ. Why? You know the reason. You know the promise. You know the end of the call. You know the glory behind the call. And therefore, the understanding of the glory of the call strengthens you to persevere the onslaughts of Satan on earth until the final time. For it is he that endures to the end that shall be saved. How did Jesus go through the cross? The Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him, or rather, I will say this way, who for the understanding of the hope of the call of God for him to die. That's the joy. So what he said, he endured the cross, what? Despising the word, the shame. You see, understanding the hope of the call helps you to despise the shame and endure the persecution. For in this season, what keeps us to endure persecution and trials and hard times and challenges is understanding the hope of the promise of God. So Paul said that, that you might understand the hope of the calling and the riches of the glory of inheritance in the saints. And lastly, to understand the exceeding greatness of his power toward us that believe. What is that power? The power of the spirit that bringeth for redemption. This is how you understand. It's by praying. Paul prayed it. So these are prayers you should pray. So if you want to understand the depth of redemption, understand the power of God, then you need to pray this prayer. It opens the eyes. Your spiritual eyes get popped up and pop open when you take time in these prayers. Notice Paul prayed for all the churches that they may grow and understand. Tonight, we want to read 
a few things that God did for Christ and what God has put Christ over. Why are these things important to Paul to reveal to us? Because every victory of Christ is our victory. Amen. Praise God. We're going to be reading six things God did for Christ as revealed in Ephesians 1. And we're going to read about 11 things that God has placed Christ over. Now, everything Christ is over, we to our Lord are over in the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Everything that Christ superintends over, we also in him superintend over those things. Now, the first thing we're going to see this evening is this. Talk to me, Bibles, as we read on Ephesians chapter number one, verse 20. Or from verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now, hear now. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So, who raised Christ from the dead? God the Father. Now, as Christ was raised from the dead or being raised from the dead, we also were raised up with him. Hallelujah. Amen. Tonight, what's okay to me? As God raised him from the dead, you also were raised up with Christ from the dead. Romans chapter number six, everybody, tonight. Let's quickly go through this. Why is this important? Because it begins to change your mindset about your, your position on this earth, or rather your position in God and, 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 and your, your, we think so much as believers that we are so vulnerable to Satan. No, we are not as such. Amen. If you understand where we are now in Christ. Hold on to that. Ephesians, Romans 6. Let's read from verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized, guess what, down with that, into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Wow. That means as we're baptized now in water baptism as a, as a signification, we're baptized into Christ when we got born again. At that instant, we have been buried with Christ. So what happened to Christ is symbolic to what happens to us when we also come to know the Lord. And all this is done by the power of God. Amen. So as the power of God worked on Jesus, the same power is also active in the believer. So say the same power. Say the same power of the Holy Ghost. Working with Jesus is also working in me. Glory to God tonight. It's all heavy this evening. Let's read on. Therefore, you see that word? Therefore, verse 4, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like Christ, that like as Christ, that's double, double metaphor and simile, was raised up from the dead. Now listen, 
raised him from the dead? The glory of the Father, which is what? The Holy Spirit. So they, now, how do you know that? We said in Ephesians. One, he was raised by the power of the Spirit. Now, it says what? That means the Holy Spirit is also what? The glory of the Father. As he was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should work in what? That means as Christ grows up, he began to work in an entirely new life. Paul says, for we have known him by the flesh, but henceforth forward know we him no more after the flesh. So now Christ is living a supernatural life by the glory of the Father. Also, we also in him exist and live and experience the supernatural life of God. That's why every true believer must, must, must believe and, 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 and work and experience the supernatural of God. You must expect it. Because that's now your what? Your newfound reality. That's our newfound truth. So God raised him from the dead. That's one thing that God did for Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 5, let's see what it says. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his word, of his resurrection. Hallelujah. Listen, what comes to your mind when you think about Christ's resurrection? A new reality. Wow. At this point, Jesus Christ will walk through walls. He will come and 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 and, and roast fish without catching fish. He could bake bread without 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 an oven. It comes supernaturally. It means at this kind of life, this kind of life, nothing becomes impossible for you anymore. Nothing becomes impossible for us anymore. For in Christ Jesus, we have access to all the provision of God the Father through the Spirit that will show forth the glory of him who has loved us. Lord, I says, let your light so shine before men that let me see your good works. Now, Paul is saying these things for a reason that we might know. And, 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 and by extension, for we ourselves now, and the church at Oga, to realize who we are. It's answer the one. First thing that God did for Christ is what? He raised him from the dead. Number two, and set him at his own right hand in heavenly place. Amen. That means it's God the Father that set Christ at his own right hand. What is right hand? The place of authority, the place of dominion, the place of strength, the place of power, the place of boldness, the place of confidence. So if Christ is sitting at God's right hand, we also are what? Seated with Christ and in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen tonight. See, this is the reason no true believer lives in fear. You can't. Lock a child of God in darkness until light comes, no shaking. You must not be afraid of the dark, of the shadow of even animals. Ah, I have phobia for water. It, 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 it. 
You know, it's, it's impossible. I have phobia for height. It's impossible. Phobia for plane. There's no phobia. Christ is, is phobia neutral. Christ is phobia above. He's above all phobias. He's above all fears. I don't know why I'm going on fear and fear. The state in which you are now is above. The spirit of adoption that we have is the spirit that helps us to call God Abba Father and it's not the spirit of bondage toward to fear. Wow. So God has set Christ at his own right hand. Now listen, when Paul was saying these things, the church at Ephesus didn't know this reality. And that's the reason they were given to, 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 to much to much argument, to much fighting, to much, to much infight, to much fuse, because, because they, are, they are trying to, 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 you know, to place themselves in a, in a way that God will accept them. Whereas in Christ Jesus, they are already what? Accepted. And he began to reveal these things to them because at the end of the book, he will tell them that there's a war to fight, but the war is being fought from a position of war of victory. Why? Because we are in Christ already. And so all the principalities and the powers and the might, they're all subject to Christ. So God has made Christ help of all things. And so no matter what fights against you, it cannot prevail. Wow. Number two, he, had, he, he, he has exalted Christ and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. 21, far above, you see the word now? Now remember, mark this word, you see this word occur again when Paul speaks about spiritual what? warfare. So when you hear the word warfare, 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 no, no, no. It's not warfare to your detriment. It's warfare already won in Christ. If you abide in him and put, put on your breastplate, put on your helmet, put on your belt of truth, put on your shoe of the gospel, put on the sword of the Lord, handle and every other armor, you walk in victory. So the, the, the warfare is not against you. It's not designed to, to defeat you. Why? Because you are in Christ. In fact, through the warfare, Christ's glory is manifest. Through you overcoming, the power of God is shown over the power of evil. So God has placed Christ and by extension, we are in him. So wherever God places Christ, we also are what? Are placed there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's all in this tonight. Let's go on. So this is what Paul is saying. Because Paul is laying a foundation of truth that every believer must know. So that they begin to focus on the main thing and put less attention on things that divide. Remember the context. Jews and Gentile Buhar. You see, in Tratu, Paul began to go deeper. That this, this thing that you're fighting on, that I'm Jews, I'm Gentile, is no more there. There's a higher reality that God has shown for in this dispensation by the gospel. When Christ came, things changed. A new order was birthed, but this other is spiritual, and it takes men of faith to work in them. 
The third point. God gave Christ authority over all things. So the all things. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Glory to God tonight. 21. It says far above oh, from the all. That means there's, there's, there are more than one principalities. There are more than one power and one might and one dominion. Now, all this, all this nomenclature and these words refers to spiritual entities that can be at loggerheads with you, trying to cause you to be afraid, trying to cause you to become faithless, trying to cause you not to understand who you truly are now in God. For that is their singular word, activity. John 10, 10. For the thief cometh not for to, to, uh, uh, for to kill, to steal, and destroy, but I am come that they may have life. So the functional work of Satan and his demons is to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. They can't do anything otherwise. But guess what? In Christ Jesus, we are above. The activity, you see, he will fight and with warfare. But guess what? He will never prosper. Amen. He says, come all people. He says, associate yourself together. It shall come to what? It shall come to naught. Come and pull your truth together. You shall all be what? Be defeated. He says, by my God, I will run. See, the truth will always be there. But God says, you what? You will run through them. So we must quit being afraid of the world, Satan, and what he's doing. Now in Christ, we have the victory. So amen. No wonder one day someone was preaching who was not even among the 12 disciples. And the problem is that he was cutting out devils. And Jesus said, Master, should we stop them? He said, no, don't stop them. Or don't stop him. For if he is not against us, he is for us. Even someone who is not closely identified with Jesus physically, but believed in the name and believed on him. How do I know that that man believed and had faith in Jesus? You know, I know in Acts 17 and 18, when you find Acts 19, when you find the activity of the son of Sceva, they were preaching in doing the same thing in the name of Jesus, whom Paul was preaching, and the demons could pick in the spirit that he has no locus standard. He had no covering. He had no access. He had no, no authority in the name of Jesus. And they pinpoint to him and they dealt with him. Listen, if that same man that, that, that was doing that was not in Christ Jesus, the demons wouldn't be subject to him. That means that man had faith in the Lord. Is anyone that had faith? The same authority that Christ exercised far above all. So God placed Christ far above all principality, far above all power, far above all might, far above all dominion. I wish I could read these things in Yoruba. It will make someone it will become heavy. Far above. Amen. He says, and I love that. 
That means nothing is excluded from the sovereignty, from the control and the authority of God. Nothing is from, from what Christ exercises dominion over. And in any case, he actually made them all. I repeat, far above all principalities. Wow. Far above all power. These are demonic beings. Far above all might. Far above all dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. That means every jurisdiction is covered. So for the believer, Christ is the final authority. Christ is the strongest force and power. Christ holds the scepter. Christ's kingdom is eternal. And glory be to God, we are of him, we are his, and we are in him. That's where we are right now. That's where no one can charm you. You know, I told of a story some years ago of my experience with one witch. I knew she was a witch because everybody in the area knew her to be such. And even if she wasn't a witch, she had, she had used everyone to believe she was a witch by threatening death and attacks. And we had this experience of this threat with me in person. And then she came to confiscate my property at the time and threatened me not to speak or else she would deal with me. And all that first time counseled me to relinquish the thing to her that is nothing is what is, 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 is not worth my life. And if I know what she does to them in the area at night, I will not attempt to fight her. At this time, I was a Christian. My knowledge was not so, so much, but I, but I was attending a church where we do deliverance every Friday all our lives. And all I knew was, there is power mighty in the blood. There is power mighty in the blood. There is power mighty in the blood of Jesus Christ. There is power mighty in the blood. This was some 18 years ago. I remember, oh, the blood of Jesus, because we sing these songs during deliverance sessions. We sing, it is great, it's going to be great tonight, because witches fight at, at what time? At night. So when we do deliverance, is our, we start deliverance from 2 a.m., sometimes 12 midnight to 5. We sing, it is going to be great tonight. Jesus Christ is already here. The Holy Ghost is so, so I it was bringing my head. So I told her, Madam, I didn't say, Madam, wait, Madam, 
a battle line is drawn. I'll fight you to stand still on this, my property. You can't confiscate it. If you think I'm joking, I will sleep close to your, to your house tonight. Let's meet at midnight. As I was saying that, I had confidence. At 11.30, close to midnight, confidence began to win. Ah. <laughs> Fear began to set in. I said, what have I put myself in? I could, I could run away from my place back somewhere else, but I just chose, no, it's one time man would die. <laughs> Let's face it. Folks, nothing happened. The next morning she saw me, Emily, it is here. One of the weapons of Satan is to make, and the moment you allow fear setting, Job said, the very thing I was afraid of has what has fallen. So, so the weapon of Satan to attack us is another fear. That's why he says, for God has to give us again the spirit of bondage toward to fear. So fear brings bondage, fear brings torment. And Christ has destroyed fear, has destroyed bondage. So I'll say amen tonight. That's why you have no reason to be afraid of anything. Don't be afraid of the doctor's report. Take it with a pinch of salt and trust in the Lord. Let nothing bring fear in your heart, but faith rise up in you. Why? See where you are. Far above all. Number one, principality. That is demons of the harmless branch just after Satan himself. For principalities report to him directly. Far above power. Far above might. These are descriptions. These are titles of, of demonic beings. But Christ is, listen. What is the far above? It means it means now now it, it means it means it's far above in other words. They are not on the same plane, they are not on the same level, they are far apart. Far above dominion, and guess what again? And every name, so every name. That means everything that is named, everything that has name, everything that can be named, everything that has. That can be that can be pointed to and pointed at Christ is what far above them. And if our Lord is far above them, then we in our Christ also we are what we are far above them. So every hand they raise in battle is a hand of defeat. Hallelujah tonight. Verse 22, and had put all things under his feet. Amen. You know, mark a word that keeps occurring here. What, what word do you see that keeps occurring here? Can someone help me tonight? You can see the word all things. All things. Verse 21, you find the word all things above all. 2022, and had put all things or everything under his feet. Wow. 
God has put everything under the feet of Jesus. No wonder Paul was beaten by a viper. You know, sometimes someone would dream. And in the dream, once they wake up, hey, have a Hey, 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 Joe, hey, Joe. And then, and then, I want a <laughs> it means drain. Just, ah! means a sign, a bad omen. Shepi all was in the dream. Paul was what? In the physical life. What can be bad or bad? What can be as bad as something happening like what did Paul do? You see. Did Paul even go for a prayer session? No, he shook it off in the fire. And the serpent died. Who should have died? Paul. Who died? The serpent. Why? Paul knew where he was standing. Mark 16, 15. Go ye devil in the whole world and preach the gospel to all creatures. For he that believes and is baptized shall be what? Shall be saved. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, number one, they shall cast out devils. They shall pick up serpents. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall drink deadly things and it will not harm them. This was the blessing and the benediction and the prophetic word of Christ to you and I. Amen tonight. So when you dream, wake up, take authority by yourself. Why? God has put all things under the feet of Jesus. Now, these are so, these are compact and heavy reality of truth that it takes wisdom and faith to believe. For if you believe it, you enjoy it. And I pray tonight you don't find it difficult to believe, for these are our reality and our truth. All things under his feet and has given him to be the head over all things to the church. He has given Christ to be the head of all things and has given the church to superintend along Christ over all things. Wow. Please hold this in your heart. Christ in him now subtains over all things and the church which is his body. Now if Christ is the head of the church and we are his body and all things are under his feet, where is the body? Is the body of Christ under Christ's feet? No. The body of Christ is part of the body of Christ. So whatever is under the feet of Christ is also, by extension, under what? The feet of the church. So you see what great position God has put us now. And the question is, what then do we begin to do with this knowledge? We begin to stand in our place of reverence, of worship and of service to God in this world.
last verse, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. What's he saying? The church is his body. And the church does what? The church feels all things. And the church is the fullness of Christ. Wow. So if you're looking for the expression of Christ on the earth, guess what you look for? The church. If you're looking for the full reality of Christ now, the church. So it can be said this way. When in John 16, they were asking him, show us the Father. See, you have seen me. See the Father. Now, if they ask us, show us the Father, we should tell them, if you have seen the church, you have seen the Father. For all the authority of the Father now lies in the church. For he has met Christ, the head of all things, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Now, who is the church? Bible says, for you are all, first Corinthians, for you are all the body of Christ and your what? Members in particular. You are not that thing you think you are. You are a vessel in the hands of God. And the love of God has been so expressed in Christ Jesus that now we are God's children by adoption. And through the spirit of adoption, we now cry, Abba, Father. We have been removed from the kingdom of darkness, of bondage, of fear. So, as I close, say, I've been removed from the kingdom of bondage, of darkness, of fear, and failure to the kingdom of the light, of the glory of God by Christ. Therefore, I have. The victory of God. Therefore, I live and I walk in the power of the Spirit. This is now my reality in Christ Jesus. So as amen tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Our time is up. But I went through this step wisely to show you. You know, when we're all writing our WIAC or HSC or whatever we wrote, you know, in the English section, there's always summary and comprehension. Do you know how we sweat to get the answers? Well, guess what? Someone set the questions. And he has the answers already everywhere there. You are agitating him yeah, to pass, to pass, to pass. But the person is finding, ah, give me your leg. You know why? Because someone wrote it in someone's composition, in someone's um, um, essay, in someone that's asking the word to summarize what he has written. But when the person is explaining, it's like there's really nothing there. But for the one in the exam hall, it's like this is a mountain. But guess what? There's no mountain in this truth. It's the reality of God. God has revealed it to us. 
and he has told us by his spirit through the mouth of his holy apostle and prophet what his mind for the church is. So when we know this, it begins to change our orientation about life and about the battles, the things we call battles of life and how positioned we are for victory. We aren't denying battles, but we mustn't deny our victory position also in Christ. So every battle in life isn't designed to overwhelm us. They are designed for victory, that by them the Father might be glorified in Christ. Continue next time. I believe you've been blessed tonight. We're going to be looking at the things that Christ is head over and how God has placed him over all things as we move on in the study of the word of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight. For by the head of the word, the spirit of bondage is destroyed. The spirit of fear is being paralyzed tonight in the lives of your people. For everyone who is afraid, afraid of death, afraid and hopeless, everyone who's afraid and is expecting something evil to happen, I cast out that spirit right now in the name of Jesus. I declared, I declared the spirit of adoption and the spirit of grace, where we, we cry, my father, my father, the victory of God and the victory of Israel shall be your portion. I declare perfect love, perfect understanding, break through the darkness of ignorance tonight, and the victory of God becomes ours in Christ. The freedom of God through Christ is ours, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins by Christ Jesus. Lord, thank you for the understanding of this truth. And Lord, we begin to work and redirect our Christian work we patterned to that which you have done for us in Christ Jesus. We walk in faith. We walk in boldness. We declare your truth. Thank you, God, because from today henceforth, no one is afraid of any principality, of any power, of any might, of any authority, of any dominion, and of any name that is named, either on this earth or in the world to come. Because in Christ Jesus, we have the victory. For Christ sits right now at the right hand of authority of God. And we sit in him. For we are joined heads with Christ Jesus. And fellow heads of our master. Thank you, Lord, for victory. For every one of us, by faith tonight, we trample upon Satan and Scorpion. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt us. Thank you, Father. Amen.
Praise God tonight. Hope you've been blessed and learned something again in Bible study this evening. We're going to continue next Thursday, by, by, on Thursday, this Thursday, by the grace of God. Don't miss it for anything. And I hope you are learning something every time we open the Bible. And like we always say, don't just close the Bible. Read through it again. And let the word of God bless you. Keep feeding on the word. Keep doing the word. Keep living the word. For as you feed, you do and live. The blessing of God is multiplied. The victory of God is assured. And the work of God's ministry is being carried out through us. In the name of Jesus. Good night, folks. God bless you. See you again in Jesus' name. Amen.